Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, April 19th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. So there's a ton to get into, obviously, with the Buckeyes coming off their spring game a couple days ago at the Horseshoe. It was great being back in Ohio Stadium. I wish they were tackling and and playing real football. I'm sure all of you do as well, but it was still good seeing the Scarlet and Gray out there. And uh, let's take a look at the guys that stood out at the spring game and really during spring in general, since you can't take away too much from the spring game and what it means moving forward for the Buckeyes this fall. Let's start right at the top with the quarterbacks. Good day for CJ Stroud and Kyle McCord. Not so much for Jack Miller. That's the spring game in a nutshell. And that pretty much backs up what I was hearing. Uh, Not necessarily with Jack Miller. I wasn't hearing he was having a bad spring. I think that he just had a bad day. I I was definitely hearing he was behind C.J. Stroud in the running. And I was hearing, don't count out Kyle McCord. And now you can see why. Um, But C.J. Stroud just carries himself like he knows he's the guy. You see the way his teammates interact with him. I thought he threw the ball well. I don't think he did anything spectacular. I do think when they're going live, that'll help C.J. Stroud maybe more than the other guys because he's more mobile, certainly more mobile than Jack Miller. Kyle McCord showed better mobility than I expected, that's for sure. And, you know, when I say that, I've seen his high school film, and he he certainly, you know, was able to throw on the run and and did look mobile, had some good runs in high school. But, you know, to do it against Ohio State's defense, I was like, okay, Kyle McCord's a little more mobile than I thought. But what really impressed me with Kyle McCord's the way he throws the ball. He's got a very high ceiling. You could say maybe he's got a higher ceiling than Stroud does just as a passer. But I really liked what Stroud did. Both those guys, I think, uh, helped himself. And if I had to guess right now, I do think Jack Miller is going to stick around this season. You never know how things are going to play out. Last year didn't count as a year of eligibility. This year, if he plays in you know four games or less, he can redshirt. So he would still have, you know, if that happens, he would still have four years of eligibility left at whatever school he ends up transferring to if he does transfer. I think a lot of people are now saying that Jack Miller is going to transfer, you know, this summer. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to stick around. There's only going to be three scholarship quarterbacks on this roster. Uh, I think Ryan Day is going to get Jack Miller to stick around. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be the starter. Like I've said all along, you know, what, since the season ended, I think I've said that on the show many times. I do think C.J. Stroud is going to be the starter, but Kyle McCord looked good as well. So that's going to be fun to see how those guys look and if uh, the pecking order stays the same, at least from what we're hearing as far as the pecking order, where it's C.J. Stroud and the other two guys battling for number two. And from what I saw, Kyle McCord might end up being that number two, but it looks like C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback. All right, so much to get into. Let's move on to Jack Sawyer, the absolute star of the scrimmage. Yes, he was going against backup 
offensive tackles for the Buckeyes. And those backup offensive tackles were not like the typical backup offensive tackles like Dewan Jones and Enoch Vamahi. More on that later. Uh, just a little hint here. When, when uh, Dewan Jones and Enoch Vamahi and Luke Whippler are your backups and Josh Fryer, uh, you're stacked on the offensive line. We'll get to that later. But so, yeah, he was going up against backups. But we talked to Thayer Munford after the game. And he said Jack Sawyer's been doing that in practice against everybody. Uh, maybe not to that extent. And Jack Sawyer, if you haven't heard, I mean, he, there was four sacks total in the game. Uh, again, they're playing touch football. He's not actually, they're not actually tackling the quarterbacks. There were four sacks total in the game, both teams combined. Jack Sawyer himself had three of those. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was just tearing it up. And um, there was, you know, I counted a few other times when he had really good pressure on the quarterback, and, you know, and didn't get a sack. So, you know, it wasn't just he had those three plays where he got sacks, credited for a sack. He was disruptive all day. So get excited about Jack Sawyer. When we talked to Larry Johnson about a week and a half ago. He mentioned they're, you know, they're going to find a role for him, and you can easily see why. Is he going to be a starter? No, but he's going to—he's not going to just gonna be playing in garbage time either. He's going to be out there when the game is on the line. They're going to, just like they did last year, they're going to have five defensive ends that they're going to rotate almost evenly. You know, the the best are going to play the most. You know, your two best. So maybe you got you have to think Tyreek Smith's going to get the most snaps. Zach Harrison, those two are going to get the most snaps. But I really think Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyler Friday, and Jack Sawyer are going to rotate really evenly. We saw the same thing last year. It's just they're losing Coop, Jonathan Cooper, and they're entering Jack Sawyer. So you lose a fifth-year senior local kid, and you enter a true freshman local kid from right here in Columbus. Coop was from Gahanna, Jack Sawyer from Pick North. So get excited about Jack Sawyer. He looks like an absolute stud. And, um, man, I mean, maybe I shouldn't write off the, the idea that he could start. I don't think he's going to start. He's not going to beat out Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison yet. But uh, this will be his only season as a backup. I'm confident saying that. Jack Sawyer, get excited about him. All right. Speaking of getting excited, this is the best wide receiving core that I can ever remember at Ohio State. You know, I watched this team closely as a fan since I was a little kid. I've entering my 20th year on the beat now. Yeah, I'm old. And uh, this is the best wide receiving core. And I can't even think of a close second. Th these guys are loaded. It's unbelievable to me. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be the third best receiver on this team. If it's not Marvin Harrison Jr., I'll get to that in a second. Jamison Williams. I mean, he was the number three last year. He looks good. And I'm demoting him. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing against him. It's just I think Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison, you know, are going to be the, the third and fourth best receivers on this team maybe not in that order and Jamison Williams if he's your fifth best receiver look out and they'll get Julian Fleming back healthy eventually I was really encouraged by Emeka Egbuka he you know number one wide receiver in the country right so I should be excited about him but I heard that was like more based on potential and his hands weren't as consistent as they should be yet and it was really just based on his you know athletic ability and his size and his speed I tell you what again we got to be careful not to put too much stock in the spring game but he was catching everything diving catches balls thrown behind him he was catching I mean Emeka Buka looked like the number two wide receiver in the country and the reason I say that is because Marvin Harrison Jr. looked like the number one wide receiver in the country I mean it's unbelievable when you have those two guys to what they already have this is how things happen like G Scott Jr. you know moving to tight end and he was banged up didn't play in the spring game uh had a little bit of a, a pulled hammy but uh G Scott Jr. would be a starting wide receiver at you know most big 10 schools you know he's moving to tight end flex tight end for the Buckeyes they're absolutely loaded I mean it's just crazy. I mean, Emeka Buka might be the number seven wide receiver on this team. It's it's insane to me how how, how loaded they are. And Brian Hartline coaching these guys up. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. has grown two inches and has added 15 pounds in less than a year. Nice little late growth spurt there for him. Uh, he was about 6'2", you know, 
190. Now he's every bit of 6'4", 205. And man, does he look like an NFL player. The way he catches the ball, he reminds me, I saw somebody on Bucknut say this, so I'm going to give credit where it's due. I can't remember who said it. I heard somebody say, is it too early to start the A.J. Green comparisons? I don't think it is. I've watched a lot of A.J. Green being a Bengals fan. That's exactly what he looks like. And maybe it's because he's wearing the number 18. That, that helps too. But six foot four, always catching the ball away from his body with his hands, not trapping it against his chest where you can easily bounce off your chest. Marvin Harrison Jr. looks like he is going to be a stud from day one. Then again, I mean, how much <laughs> there's only one ball, but you have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, all those other guys. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and catch 50 balls this year, but man, he's going to be a big part of this wide receiver rotation. I have no doubt about it. Marvin Harrison Jr. looks unbelievably good. All right, let's move on. Really excited about a couple young corners. I really was Curious to see how these young corners looked. I thought Legend Cavazos was going to be the guy that maybe uh, showed out. He's turns out he's a little banged up, did play, but was a little limited. Two guys who played really well, a couple of redshirt freshmen, Ryan Watts and Cam Martinez. Ryan Watts, man, if, if this works out, you're talking about a tall, fast, it looks pretty physical corner out there. Six foot three, 190 pounds. I and mean, he's really filled out. And uh, he came in, it's not like he's grown. He came in at six three. 180 last year and rolled early uh, he's added at least 10 pounds he looks good out there he had a really nice interception on jack miller jumped the route um the only interception of the day so they need young corners to step up uh, you know a couple are going to join the team here uh in june with uh, of course jacqueline johnson and jordan hancock two of the top corner recruits in the country in the 2021 class <laughs> two of the few guys in that class that did not enroll early they had 15 guys enroll early which is the most ohio state's ever had they had 14 the previous year so it's becoming a trend but 15 was still the most so hancock and uh Ja'Kalen johnson i expect at least one of those guys to be in the rotation i think both those guys will play i think one of those guys will play like when the game is on the line um, just because they need young corners to step up but ryan watson cam martinez looked really good to me Ryan Watts with that interception and just the way he played overall, I mean, that could be a big weapon. If you have a six foot three corner that can flip his hips and can run, I mean, there's six three corners out there, but a lot of them just aren't athletic enough to play the position. He looks really, really good. And that's going to be like the tallest corner that I can remember. So excited about Ryan Watts, young man out of Texas, was a four star recruit. Not really a high four star, almost like a, a low four star recruit, which for Ohio State's almost like an under the radar guy. If you get like a low four star, you know, life is good when you get a low four star is like an under the radar guy for. Ohio State. Ryan Watts looks really good to me. Cam Martinez looks really good to me. Mr. Football in the state of Michigan his senior year. Gatorade Player of the Year. But people weren't sure where he was going to play. He was a quarterback. And, uh, you know, he was a really, you know, he was tough. Everybody was really fast. Good return man. Player of the Year in the state of Michigan. And Buckeye stole him away. And if he didn't go to Ohio State, he was going to go to Northwestern, by the way. Um, it wasn't like they stole him away from one of the Michigan schools. He wasn't—he he was too smart. He wasn't going to go to one of the Michigan schools. So, uh, But I digressed. Cam Martinez, as a slot corner, looks really good to me. He's physical. You can just tell that he just is one of those guys with a lot of dog in him. You know, I just, he again, I'm not comparing him. I said this after the game. I'm not comparing him to Antoine Winfield, but it's like, because he's like my favorite corner to ever play at Ohio State. I'm not comparing Cam Martinez to that. But um, you see some of these like shorter corners. You wonder, if, are, are they big enough? You know, it's like, if you got the dog in you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it, he's got that dog in him. And I really like what Cam Martinez brings to the table. He's fast. And you can just tell he just loves football. So number 10 was impressive to me out there, as well as number 16, Ryan Watts. Cam Martinez wearing that number 10. It's been pretty good at the Buckeyes over the years. All right, running backs. Travion Henderson looked good to me. His stats aren't going to jump out at you. Six carries, 26 yards. But again, they didn't have to tackle him. His burst looked good to me. He caught the ball well out of the backfield. Again, the stats aren't going to you know jump out at you. Five catches, 29 yards, but only five targets. He caught all five passes, showed good hands, showed good burst. 
really like what I saw out of him. I think he's definitely going to be one of the top two running backs on the team this year. You know, maybe top three, uh, certainly. He's going to be a guy that from day one is going to be in the mix. And I think, as I've said many times on the show, I think by the end of the year, if he's not the number one running back on the team, he'll be in the top two by midseason, not, not just the end of the year. By midseason, I think he's going to be one of the top two running backs on this team. And probably along with Mayan Williams, uh, I think those are going to be the top two guys. Master Teague, I'm not ruling him out. I think he's going to be in the mix. I just, something tells me that, that Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams are going to be the top two backs midseason. I also like what I saw to Marcus Crowley, though. Don't discount Marcus Crowley. He looked good as a true freshman a couple of years ago in 2019, had that torn ACL in November of 2019, and uh, you know really had some setbacks in his recovery because he was trying to you know train on his own due to the pandemic and everything. So, uh, But he played the national championship game, if you remember. He was finally healthy by then, and with Trey Sermon going out and then being a little banged up, they gave you know Marcus Crowley some reps there in the second half of the national championship game. So Marcus Crowley looked good, too. I think Marcus Crowley is going to at least be in the mix and – one of these guys, they got six scholarship running backs. They're not all going to stay healthy. They're going to have a couple guys get injured, at least one get injured. So you, you need depth. You need depth. So I thought, um, you know, Marcus Crowley, that's, that was good to see him out there looking good. And, uh, you know, but uh, Travion Henderson was the one I was excited about. So uh, great seeing him out there for the first time in the scarlet and gray. Linebackers, Taraja Mitchell flashed. I think now as a fourth-year player, he is the light has come on for him, and he doesn't have guys in front of him. It's his turn. I think Taraja Mitchell is going to be a solid starter, if not better than that, at the Will linebacker spot. He looked good to me. He's slimmed down. He was flying through there. Really like what I saw to Taraja Mitchell, a uh, young man out of Virginia Beach. Uh, young man, I mean, gosh, it feels like these guys are young. I mean, he's, he's technically a senior now. He can come back next year if he wants, since last year didn't count. Never redshirted. So uh, we'll see. I, th I tend to think he's going to have a good enough year where he's going to go pro. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be like an early round pick or anything, but you know, if he's like a you know, fourth or fifth round pick, I think he's going to go pro and he could work himself into maybe being a third round pick. Just getting a little ahead of myself there talking about the 2022 draft. But Taraja Mitchell looked good to me. I thought Craig Young looked really good as that hybrid. He's probably going to be the starter there at that hybrid, which their base defense this year is going to take the Sam off the field. In most cases, not if they're playing Wisconsin, probably, and uh, have that hybrid in there. And Craig Young looks good to me. Hybrid outside linebacker safety is what that position is going to be. The bullet and number 15, Craig Young, six foot four, 220 pounds, can run really to what 225. And he's the biggest guy they have at that position. I mean, Ronnie Hickman looks good to me, too. Ronnie Hickman is probably going to be the backup there. He's 6'1, 205. And that's more like the typical size at that position. So Craig Young, man, that's a, a nice weapon there. Kind of like what I was saying with Ryan Watts at, at corner. You get Craig Young out there playing that hybrid at that size, that speed. <laughs> that's he he's like the size of Josh Perry out there playing a hybrid. He looks like Josh Perry out there. Um, so and he's faster than than Joshua. So you got better call Joshua. Joshua. Joshua likes to be called Joshua. It says that on his Twitter page. Joshua, not Josh. So Joshua, if you're listening to the show, like I'm sure you are, Mr. Perry. Uh, it's Joshua. But uh, yeah, I really like what I saw to Craig Young and Ronnie Hickman, like I said. Cody Simon, I like what I saw to him. I, again, it would be really nice if they were tackling because you can see how he could shed blocks and bring a guy down. You know, how is he missing tackles? Is he not missing tackles? So tough to get a gauge. I want to see, you know, it's easier to tell with an outside linebacker in coverage how they look. Middle linebacker, when he's you know trying to stuff the run and they're just thudding up, it's it's tough to tell. But um, I've been hearing good things about Cody Simon. And the fact that he was taking the first team reps with Dallas Gann out this spring says a lot to me. And again, I've been hearing nice things about him. So uh, good to see Cody Simon out there. But Taraja Mitchell really stood out to me and Craig Young the most. This is a loaded offensive line, like I was saying earlier. This, this is, <laughs> I think Back said it best on last week's show. This year's offensive line is this year's version of the best offensive line ever at Ohio State. It's going to be up there, though. All joking aside, I still think 2013 
might be the gold standard. You know, that was the, the line that had, you know, it was just loaded with future NFL guys, you know, all, all the way down. Like Andrew Norwell, Corey Lindsley, Jack Muhort, Taylor Decker, Marcus Hall. I don't think Marcus Hall made it in the NFL, but his main backup was Pat Elfline as a redshirt freshman. So that 2013 line was absolutely loaded. Go way back to 1994, he had Orlando Pace and Corey Stringer on the same line. The rest of the line wasn't loaded, though. But, you know, you have Corey Stringer and Orlando Pace on the same line. By default, that's going to be one of the best lines ever in college football. So I would go uh, probably 2013 and 1994 is the best lines. This line's going to be right up there, and this line's going to be deeper. I mean, I love the starters. Left to right is probably going to be Thayer Munford, Either Matt Jones or Harry Miller at left guard, and whoever's not the left guard is going to be the center. That's not etched in stone, but I think that's how it's going to go. And then at right guard, Paris Johnson, and then right tackle, Nick Petit-Ferrer. And then the backups, when you have Dewan Jones, Enoch Bamahi, Luke Whipler, and Josh Fryer as backups, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. Those are your top four backup offensive linemen, and Bamahi's playing tackle. Whipler looks good in there at center. Fryer has really been, you know, that's one of the underrated stories of spring is Josh Fryer, a redshirt freshman, really stepping up and uh, and proving that he's going to be on the two deep. And, you know, he looked really good out there. Uh, again, it's tough to tell when they're not really playing football. But at least with offensive linemen, you can tell. I mean, they're not tackling anyway. They're just trying to push defensive linemen, you know, out of the way on running plays and, and not let them get to the quarterbacks. So you, you can get a little bit of a, of a gauge on offensive linemen even when they're not going live. And, and Josh Fryer, you can see why they like him. He's a big guy at 6'6", 315 that moves well. Former basketball player, so a lot like Dewan Jones. That's I think that's a huge reason he moves so well. He's a just a mammoth guy at 6'8", 360. That's what they list him as. I would bet anything he's 380 <laughs> or more. And, and he's at least 6'8". He looks like he's like 6'9", 380. So uh, I, those are your backup offensive linemen. That's crazy to me. Dewan Jones, Enoch Bamahi, Luke Whipler, Josh Fryer. Uh, we talk a lot about the uh, starters, rightfully so. I want to give the backups a little love there because that's, that's how you know your offensive line is loaded when you got guys that would be starting – not just in the Big Ten, but programs across the country, Power Five programs that are backups. I love that because, again, depth is so important in football. Guys are going to get hurt. One of those guys will end up being probably in the starting lineup. I mean, I you know maybe all five starting offensive linemen will stay healthy and produce. Good chance one of those guys will get hurt or will not produce, and one of these backups will end up being a starter. So uh, great to have that depth. And offensive line is going to be a strength. Defensive line is also going to be a strength. I that's a broken record. Every year, Larry Johnson fields a great defensive line. This year, that'll be no exception. We talked about Jack Stoyer and the defensive ends earlier. I like the defensive tackles, though. I, I still need to see it from Teron Vincent, but I like that he's finally, according to the coaches and his teammates, living up to that number one D tackle in the country billing. He's entering his fourth year now. Another guy that feels like he's a young guy, but entering his fourth year. You know, that those 2018 guys, Taraja Mitchell, we were talking about him earlier. It seems like they're young, but they've been here now four years, or entering their fourth year, I should say. So this defensive line is going to be loaded. Haskell Garrett missed spring with a foot injury, but him coming back is absolutely huge. I don't need to tell you guys that. Uh, and then we'll see. I think Jerron Cage is a guy we probably don't talk about enough. He had a really nice play when he, he bolted in there for a tackle for loss uh, in the spring game. He's a guy that, that's really worked his butt off. He's going to be a fifth-year senior and, uh, you know, 305 pounds. I think he can not take over for Tommy Togiai and not, you know, replace what Togiai did, but can, can be, you know, more than solid, you know, where there won't be a huge drop-off. Of interest, Cage is the one that started against Alabama in the national championship game when Togiai was out. So that tells you what they think about Cage already. So I think there's a good chance it could be Haskell Garrett and Cage as the starters. If not, it'll be Haskell Garrett and Teron Vincent um, with Cage rotating in a lot. Either way, those are going to be your top three guys and they're going to play a lot. Then I think it's going to be Antoine Jackson uh, is going to be that fourth D tackle. So they're very veteran 
uh, at D tackle. I really like that. So um, those are your top four D tackles. We'll see who steps up after that. I like Mike Hall a lot. He's not here yet, though, <laughs> but I love him. I like Mike Hall a lot. I think he's going to play as a true freshman. And they got some other guys they're, they're working in there. You know, we saw Jaden McKenzie in there, uh, third-year sophomore at D tackle. Jacoby Cohen. Jacoby Cohen, I should say. Jacoby Cohen at uh, D tackle. Uh, redshirt freshman at Charlotte. He, uh, he batted down a pass. He looked pretty good to me. Jacoby Cohen looked pretty good to me out there. So they've got some depth there. They got some veteran guys, and then they got some uh, some young guys as uh, third teamers. You know, when you think about Cohen and, and McKenzie and those guys, and Mike Hall coming in, and then Tyleek Williams missed the uh, spring game, but he's a big guy. I like they have a three hundred and thirty pound plugger in there with Tyleek Williams, a true freshman that enrolled early. So they've got a nice mix of the you know the top four guys are veterans, and then you round out you know that three deep with uh, some young guys. So really like what I'm seeing on both sides of the line for the Buckeyes. And one more real quick thing: I talked about the best wide receiving core I can remember at Ohio State, and it is it's unbelievable. You know what's crazy? On top of that, you're adding in the best tight end we've seen at Ohio State in a long time. Jeremy Ruckert's going to go down as the best tight end, what, since at least Ricky Dudley, and might be the best. I'm going to go way back on you guys. Might be the best since John Frank. John Frank, going way back on you guys. Dr. John Frank, he was a stud. That's when I was a super little kid. When I first started watching Ohio State football, he was catching everything out there. So that's still my gold standard when it comes to Ohio State tight ends is John Frank. And uh, Jeremy Ruckert coming back is absolutely huge. He's going to be a weapon out there. Cade Stover looked good to me. Kate Stover was catching the ball well. He's probably going to be the backup there. Mitch Rossi is going to play a decent amount, fifth-year senior. He's basically going to be a fullback. Uh, they threw the ball to him three times and all incomplete. Stroud was trying to get him the ball. <laughs> Stroud only had four incompletions, and three of them were to Rossi. So uh, in, in the first half, at least. In the first half, he only had four incompletions. So trying to get the ball to the fullback there. Mitch Rossi, number 34, didn't work out too well. All right, so uh, we can come up for air now. Lots to get into here on the Bucknuts morning. What is it, 21? Um, thanks for flying solo with me here on this edition of the Bucknuts Morning 5. I am Dave Biddle. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. I hope all of you have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.